Hi, and welcome back to the Church Renewal podcast from Flourish Coaching. I'm your host, Alan Edwards, and we're dropping in your feed today with one of our special listener question episodes. We put out on Facebook and Twitter to our friends and to our colleagues that we're starting this podcast, and we just basically said, what do you want to talk about when it comes to the renewal and revitalization of churches? And we're looking forward to digging into some of these. We'd love for you to join the conversation with us. So you can reach us by email. I'm alan at flourishcoaching.org. That's A-L-L-A-N. You can reach our director, Matt, at flourishcoaching.org by email as well. You can always connect to us on Facebook at tinyurl.com backslash flourishfb or on Twitter, flourishcoach1. That's flourishcoach and the number one. Share your thoughts and questions, and maybe you'll be featured on a future episode here of the podcast. Flourish exists to set ministry leaders free with the gospel so that they can be effective wherever God has called them. When pastors or churches feel stuck, our coaches come alongside them to renew their hope and help them gain strategic clarity. All right, let's dig in and explore the ways that Jesus is renewing his church. So I'm here with Matt Bowling on the Church Renewal podcast, and we are taking listener questions, uh, colleague questions and comments as we think about the broader conversation about church renewal and revitalization. And so, Matt, today we're going to talk a little bit about leadership. How do you feel about that? Feel good about that. Leadership's super important. Absolutely. Um, and one of the things that a lot of church revitalization literature assumes is that pastors know how to lead people. Not always the case, though. I heard Don Guthrie from uh, Trinity Seminary say recently that the number one reason pastors leave churches is unresolved conflict. Oh, man. It's true. It's true. You hear the horror stories. So we're going to get into some of that now, okay? Making some conflict or resolving it? Both. Oh, great. Both, hopefully. So we've got two questions here from friends of the podcast. First is Jason in Greenville. Jason writes, how do you get current leaders on board with the idea of revitalizing? So that's that's Jason. Adding to that is Harris in Monroe, Louisiana. Harris is actually planting a church but has led a revitalization. Harris writes, how should one proceed when key leaders are simply not willing to go on the path of revitalization? What does active patience look like? So, Matt, let's take the these two questions in, sure. in two parts. First, let's go to Jason's question. How do you get key leaders on board with the idea of revitalizing? Yeah, I think you have to have a shared view of reality. Okay, so shared the, view. Shared view of reality. And so one of the ways that that I have done that and I've, I've coached other pastors to do it um, is to do an assessment of the church. Um, Flourish can help you do that. But even just going away on a retreat and um, just asking your leadership what are the, just do a SWOT analysis. I know that sounds business SWAT, strengths, so weaknesses. weaknesses. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. Okay? And just see if you can come to a shared view of reality. Um, put up uh, on a whiteboard, what's on Jesus' scorecard for churches? Go through and Revelation just, 2 and 3. Go through Revelation 2 and 3. Go through the big issues in Paul's letters, the things that Timothy and Titus had to put out. Get it all up on a whiteboard and say, how is our church doing 1 through 5 on each of these areas? Try and get to a shared view of reality. One of the reasons why leaders um, can sometimes have a hard time with this 
is that they suspect that the pastor is really critical of decisions that they made in the past. Oh, sure, yeah. And so one of the things I think as a pastor, as a pastor that you want to do is to say, hey, this is not a critique of decisions that were made in the past. This is us trying to figure out how to go forward. Sure. So you can both affirm what was done in the past, but also say, hey, if we have a missionary posture, missionaries have the freedom, the opportunity, actually, to look at things anew and say, if the context has changed, and it's always changing, look at the context in North America, the ministry context in North America compared to 10 or 20 years ago. It's very, very different. Missionaries feel the freedom to change because the context has changed. And so some of what you're bringing as a pastoral leader to your leaders is to say, we don't necessarily have to say what we did in the past was wrong. It may well have fit then, but it may not fit now. So one of the things that you need to do to get your leaders on board is to get a shared sense, a shared vision of your reality. Exactly. Um, are there other things that you would suggest a pastor do if he wants to get his leadership team on board with the idea that, we need to do something different. Sure. So if you follow the uh, general change management theory, um, which if you want to read about that, you can read John Cotter's book, Leading Change. Um, the first thing that's needed in order to lead change um, is some sense of urgency. So there has to be a shared view of reality that leads you to some urgency. And so if your church genuinely needs renewal and your leaders are willing to look at biblical criteria for a church and they go, wow, we are not concerned about the things that Jesus is concerned about. You have the beginnings of urgency. Hmm. And that's what you need. You yeah. need a sense of urgency in order to go forward. That's what Jesus is doing when those letters in Revelation Essentially, what Jesus says in those letters, he says, here's some things, a lot of them, here's some things you're doing, here's things that are okay, here's things that I would critique, and you know what? If you don't repent of this, if you don't turn from this, I'm going to leave, and I'm going to take the light with me. Yeah. So it's it's urgent to Jesus that his churches return to the things that are important to him. And so encouraging that and just saying that out loud um, can help promote urgency. With your leaders. So shared view of reality, yes. sense of urgency, yep. and particularly taking leaders to the Bible and saying, what does Jesus want of us? Yes. I can remember conversations with my session where I would be, my elders, I'd be so far out ahead of them where my thinking was. Yep. Because I spent 70 hours a week thinking about our church, mm -hmm. right? And and while they are committed, love, lovely, discipled, you know, um, uh, uh, mature men, they just weren't spending the time that I was thinking. Right. And and so we would have this conflict, but I noticed that I could change and they could change if we came back to the Bible. Yes. And I think that's, that's crucial. Absolutely crucial. Take your leaders to God's word and you be open to the fact that maybe the things that you think need to be changed aren't the things. Yes. But have that share a shared view of reality, sense of urgency, come to the Bible and say, what does Jesus want from us? I think also recounting your own steps of how you got to a particular sense that something needs to change in your church. Lord willing, it went down a biblical path. And what you may need to do is take your leaders down that same path mm. patiently. You probably have thought about it a lot more than they have. Uh, they may feel critiqued and you may need to just ask personally, are 
is the reason this is hard for you is that it feels like a critique of you or what you've done in the past or something that's been important to you that think might be lost. A lot of times people's reticence is um, is because they're wondering if something changes, how it will reflect on them. And just taking that away and just saying, we have the freedom to change. We have the freedom to be different than we were, right? There's nothing that constrains us to have to stay there. Because we've got firm identity in Christ, we don't have to stand in the same place we've always been as though we're lost um, if we change something. Mm, Absolutely. So let's go to the second part of this, which is Harris's question. How do you proceed if your leaders are just not willing to get on board? What does active patience look like? Yeah, I think that uh, generally speaking, what I say to pastors that are leading in renewal uh, that are in revitalization churches, it's going to take more patience than you have. Mm. In fact, that's one of the traits. It's one of the the sort of, um, sometimes people ask me, what's the difference between a church planter and a revitalization pastor, a renewal pastor? And I'll say that one of, there's two things that are needed in a renewal pastor that don't necessarily have to be present in a, in a planting pastor. One of them uh, is patience. The other one is leadership nuance. Right, the ability to thoughtfully navigate difficult leadership situations, but patience, I think it takes a lot because there's a reason. I, I tell pastors that we work with, that we coach, um, that you don't have permission to try and change something in a church until you know the history of it and who's invested in it. That's a way of just being considerate, of not being judgmental. At some point, it made sense for that thing that you want to change in your church to take on the form that it is. And until you understand who's invested in it and why it's the way that it is, and you genuinely care, um, you really don't have permission to change it. That's what I would say. And I think that's the patience. I think also digging in relationally with people and trying to figure out, why don't you think that this needs to go forward? Because it's my sense that Jesus would have it change. Um, there's a way of caring and being direct that pastors, by and large, have a hard time doing. Um, it's one of the biggest factors in our coaching is um, we do a set of material called unmanagerial courage, in that it just takes courage to relationally go to leaders and say, I really want to understand your concern in this place. I want to see from the scriptures your perspective. I might be wrong here and mean it. Yeah. And if you do that with leaders, you might learn something. Yeah. You might hear the history of something. You might hear of a painful incident that happened in the past that you had no idea about. The perspective of how something got somewhere might have already been hard fought to get it there. Yeah. And for somebody to change, they might be thinking, holy cow, this is going to be so, it was so hard to get to here and you want to change it now. And I just don't want, I don't have the energy for a big fight like that again. Now, sometimes, Matt, um, you're doing this work that you're describing. You're coming to them. You're listening. You're having the courage to say, I might be wrong. Help me understand. But at some point, you might have a tipping point. You and, and half or three quarters of your leadership team know that, some changes need to happen to get to get onto Jesus scorecard. Sure. But you have one or two intractable guys. Yeah. Um, I used to work for uh, a guy who had been an executive with Toyota and Bombardier and Volkswagen. And he said when he was at Volkswagen, you berated people into change. But when he was at Toyota, 
the method, you know, the, the mindset was, if you're not with us, how can I help you get with us? And I'll continue to help you get with us and take stuff off your plate and reduce your responsibility till all you're left doing is sitting at a window seat and you self-select out. Right. Right. Is what so that was his method of dealing with the intractable when he was at Toyota. Right. If I've got an intractable leader, what what do I do? What are my options? Well, I think that there's a couple of options. One of them is um, choose that you don't have to uh, have consensus in order to move forward. Oh, that's big for small churches. So many small churches do everything by consensus. Absolutely. Just agree that it may not be possible to get to consensus and that staying where you are is untenable. So most of us don't want to face the fallout that we imagine will happen if we go forward with something where there's not consensus and we ignore the fallout that's happening while we stay where we are. And that's just a big mistake. Crucial. Ha. There's a pun in there that you don't know is coming yet. But crucial in that kind of thinking is a book called Crucial Conversations, which is top five reading for every single pastoral leader, because it'll tell you how to have these kind of conversations with people in healthy ways. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, I think that the other thing is teaching your leaders, um, you developing as a pastor to be able to have a real conversation. Another book, sorry, they just come to mind, friends. Um, Five Dysfunctions of a Team will teach you how to have a real conversation. Sometimes people aren't willing to go forward because they don't feel like they've really been heard. Mm. But if you have the kind of conversation where people know that they've been heard, but they've simply, their idea, not them as a person, they haven't been rejected as a person, but their idea has been heard, it's been understood, it's just not been agreed with. Reasonable people can disagree and then commit. Mm. If you find out that you have a leader who's unreasonable, you may well have to take the step to say, brother, there's a big proportion of us that want to go forward. We're going to go forward. We don't want to go forward without you. We'd rather you be able to disagree and commit, but we realize that it may mean uh, that you have to step off our leadership group. And we would hate to see that. We don't want to see that, but we really feel compelled by God that we need to go forward. These are hard conversations, man. Yes, they are. But they're good ones. Absolutely. And so these are these are great questions to be thinking through. So thank you to Harris and to uh, and to Jason. Um, what are your thoughts, listener, about uh, getting your leadership on board with change and renewal in your church? What have you done when you had an intractable member of your team? Maybe you were the intractable member of the team at one point. Um, we'd love to hear from you. So reach out to us. You can find us on Facebook, Flourish uh, Coaching on Facebook. That's tinyurl.com slash FlourishFB. You can find us on Twitter at FlourishCoach1. That's FlourishCoach in the number one. Email us. I'm Alan, A-L-L-A-N, at flourishcoaching.org. Please rate, subscribe, share this podcast with your friends and your neighbors and your co-laborers in ministry because we want to keep expanding this conversation about church renewal. We do this because there's only one fully sufficient reason that the day dawned, and that is that Jesus is yet gathering a people to himself and advancing his kingdom through the work of the church. And so we invite you to join us as we pray for the renewal of our churches and as we dig into the ways that Jesus is renewing his church.